What will it take for Mexico to present a viable alternative to China as a low-cost source of production for U.S. manufacturers? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. U.S. manufacturers are beginning to sour on China as their go-to source of cheap production for a number of reasons, including the rising cost of Chinese labor, the distance to markets, and trade tensions between the two countries. Waiting in the wings as a sourcing alternative is Mexico. Of course, it's been there all along, with the country's maquiladora network turning out high-quality goods for decades much closer to their intended destination. Today, however, Mexico is making a stronger case for itself than ever. On this episode, I speak with Jay Girard, head of customs with Nuvo Cargo, about the new opportunities that exist in cross-border trade, as well as the challenges that must be overcome to cement Mexico's position as the ideal location for nearshoring the production of U.S.-bound consumer goods. Are companies serious about shifting operations out of Asia and into North America? Here's my conversation with Jay Girard. Jay Girard, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. So nice to meet you. Jay, I'd like you to paint a picture for me just to start. Of What are the challenges that are currently existing around supply chains in the U.S.-Mexico trade? To start off, there are about three or four challenges that I could think of right off the bat. The first one, right, most of the trade between Mexico and U.S. is truck, right? It's cross-border, primarily Laredo. And you're seeing a driver shortage, right? So there continues to be a lack of qualified commercial drivers. Median age is increasing. I think there was a stat in like a couple of years, there's going to be 160,000 driver estimated shortfall. So that has to be the number one challenge there. You're still seeing cargo theft out of Mexico, specifically rail and, and truck. There are more companies now offering insurance, which is really great for people that are moving freight in and out of Mexico and is something you should seriously consider before doing business in Mexico. And then the third big one to me is infrastructure. Mexico continues to lack some interconnectivity between the different modes, again, specifically rail. The good news for people moving freight out of Mexico that are looking to move by rail is that there's been a lot of investment. In fact, in two months, Casey Southern is actually going to be building, starting the construction of a new rail between Laredo and Nuevo Laredo. So very exciting stuff on the horizon there. That will be very helpful. During the NAFTA days, there's a big controversy over the access of Mexican truckers into the United States, how far they could come, whether their trucks were safe, stuff like that. Under the current U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, is that no longer an issue? I mean, is the driver shortage basically the same shortage we have in the United States, or is that still a question of access of Mexican truckers, which just exacerbates the issue? It's actually an interesting development. Right now, what you're seeing out of Mexico is because of B-1 visas, Mexican drivers are now allowed to pick up freight in Mexico and bring them to final destination in the U.S., which is super exciting. So what you find there is a cheaper alternative for a a U.S. buyer. You're finding a reduced transit time just because you don't have to deal with all those handoffs at the border. And I think what you're going to see is a lot of interest from Mexican men and women that want to get into commercial trucking because it's a very exciting opportunity for people out of Mexico. 
That is, are they allowed to take backhauls back into Mexico from the United States, or do they go back empty? I think they're allowed to take stuff back. What they're not allowed to do is make domestic trips, which is where I think some people get in trouble. Yeah. So they're absolutely not allowed to do that, and I think that's something you want to vet before you utilize one of those services. Okay, so you've described some positives, some negatives, and some interesting challenges in the U.S. uh, Mexico cross-border trade. The question is, is Mexico currently being looked at seriously by U.S. business as an alternative to sourcing manufacturing in Asia? If you look at it in a couple ways, right, proximity, right, just by the location, it makes sense to move to Mexico. What used to take 14 days to move on the Trans-Pacific is now, I mean, you've heard horror stories of containers taking hundreds of days to cross in huge lines at Long Beach queues, congestion at the ports once those containers become available, no chassis to pick up, crazy storage, crazy demurrage. So you could have that product available in Mexico, ready to cross within hours, depending on urgency and location. You're looking at a Mexico workforce that is highly skilled, especially in automotive, aerospace, electronic, 20% cheaper than China, which is super exciting. You have a ton of amazing trade agreements out of Mexico, obviously the USMCA, which you spoke about before, but they also have a really strong trade partnership with the EU. And I think there's like another 11 or 12 trade agreements with 50 countries total. So some very exciting stuff there. And then you're seeing some other things, right? Like Ecom model and de minimis, where you have companies that are able to put their inventory or move their inventory direct to Mexico and then ship it out via a courier model into the US if the value is under $800. So there's a lot of things happening in Mexico. And I didn't even mention the Maquiladora program, which is similar to the US foreign trade zone program, which is essentially import product manufactured in a specific Maquiladora or MX, and then you're able to essentially save duties on that export out. Yeah, we heard so much about the Maquiladora program back in the day before the massive wave of offshoring to China. But I guess all along, it's been there all along, right? And continues to thrive. It's been there all along. I think companies, especially automotive, has been historically taking advantage of it. And I think because of everything that's happened in global trade, these long delays, the virus closing down ports in China, Trump tariffs, like all of the things that have happened over the past couple of years have really put a new focus and shift on the Maquiladora program and the Amex program and all of the amazing opportunities it could provide. The only concerns or issues regarding the Maquiladora program, the Amex program, is finding the vendors to actually build your product at the same level that you're expecting out of Asia. In terms of scale or quality or what? Yeah, I think buyers out of the U.S. have been a little bit hesitant to change But in actuality, they shouldn't be. They're making electronics. They're making aerospace. They are building and making very complex machinery at Mm -hmm. the same quality you see out of Asia at a lower percentage of the cost. Of course, I assume you won't find the equivalent in Mexico of a Foxconn where tens of thousands of workers are in a particular place. I mean, it's not that huge, is it? No, we're not at that level yet. But I, I do believe that some large manufacturers are moving their manufacturing to China and are getting out of Asia. We're seeing it more and more. So I think you're going to start seeing some more education programs out of Mexico. You're going to see some more high-tech machinery coming into Mexico to build these things that, that we're looking for out of the U.S. You mentioned, did you say it? I hear you say that Mexican labor is 20% cheaper than Chinese labor, just straight across on a, a wage comparison? Yeah, a skilled worker to skilled worker comparison, correct. Wow. I mean, that doesn't even take into account the extra cost of the logistics from Asia that you have to pile on top of that. I mean, that's just a a pure wage comparison. That's amazing. That hasn't always been the case. When when did that 
turn, do you think? I don't have record of it. As I was preparing for this, I was actually very surprised by that as well. So I was super excited to share that statistic. But I don't exactly know when it turned. I do know that there's been a ton of investment in terms of educational programs for Mexican manufacturers. And as these opportunities have come up, it's been fairly easy for manufacturers to pivot from Asia to Mexico, a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Well, you say easy, but it's not something that's done overnight, right? We're talking about an extensive type of effort that might take years, I would think. But tell me what you think needs to happen. What are the big steps that need to take place in order to make that shift from manufacturing in Asia to nearshoring in Mexico? I think first, people that are looking to pivot from their manufacturing in Asia need to understand some of the upfront costs that are going to happen when you look to a Mexican manufacturer, right? Betting the right facilities, finding the right quality, finding the right product, finding the right partner to scale and grow is not something that's going to happen overnight, right? You want to partner with companies that take supply chain seriously, right? CTPAT in the U.S., AO in Mexico are, are two strong ones to start with, but you really want to find trusted partners, logistics providers, and manufacturers that are going to scale and grow with your needs. I think you are definitely going to be able to find the right quality, but I think you need to understand if you're interested in setting up your own maquiladora, there is a ton of paperwork that goes with that. And you need to be prepared. I suggest getting uh, Mexican attorneys to vet through the documentation and be prepared because that that pivot will take a while. But Mm -hmm. finding manufacturing facilities in Mexico right now, there's a ton of opportunity if people are looking in the right places. You alluded, I think, to automotive and maybe even aerospace. What do you think are the industries with the greatest potential for greatly increasing their production in Mexico now and in the years to come? Automotive, to me, still is the big one. I know I said it before, but that's what we see most of the exports coming out of Mexico. But all new technology that can be made in Asia can be made in Mexico without an issue, right? That technology is there. More technology is coming there every day. The workforce is highly skilled. You're seeing car manufacturers, new car manufacturers that have predominantly built stuff in the U.S. now shifting to Mexico as well because that skilled workforce is there. It's really exciting times in Mexico. You're seeing new technology, solar being built out of Mexico or being constructed out of Mexico as well. They're moving a ton of raw materials direct from Asia to Mexico where it's being manufactured into maquiladoras and then being exported out to the U.S. as finished material. So some really exciting things are happening there. It's been said that in order for manufacturing to actually come back to the United States, that is, reshoring back domestically, it would require a high level of technology and automation in facilities because of the high cost of American labor. Now, I'm assuming you're saying that Mexican labor is cheaper, but if production was brought back into Mexico, would it involve highly automated facilities or would it be more labor intensive? Yeah, no, no, of course. I I think you're seeing a combination. I think the trajectory is towards that automation and the high-tech machinery to help build. And I think right now you have a healthy mix of both. I I think Mexico is well-positioned for that skilled labor and for that tech to come in. But I I think they have a ways to go on tech, absolutely. They are not close to where where China is, but we're definitely, again, trending in the right direction there. What about, let's talk a little bit more about infrastructure outside the factories themselves, specifically logistics infrastructure. In years past, back in the early days of Maquiladoras, we had even stack trains coming up from Mexico serving the automotive industry. But what is the logistics underpinning that would help to, would make it possible to support this manufacturing infrastructure? 
What quality is it and what has to happen in order to make it even more viable? I think we need an, an investment from Mexico and the U.S. for crossing. I think that's a big one. Right now, you're seeing an investment in rail. There's talks on both sides of the border for an investment in, in new land bridges, which is exciting. But that tends to be a large blocker right now. It's I think it's lessened just because of the chaos of the ocean market over the past couple of years and, and the tariffs. But that still needs to be reckoned with, right? If you're going to increase a huge percentage of manufacturing out of Mexico, infrastructure will need to change. And it's good to see this investment in rail. I think that's a huge step forward. You're seeing new land bridges. You're seeing a lot of eyes on it, which is really great. And you're also seeing a Mexico delegation just came into the U.S. to talk about increased trade. Like big things are happening. And now it's just actually an investment, right? We need to fix the rail. It needs to be faster. It needs to be better protected. We need to figure out better opportunities for drivers at the same time at the border, because that shouldn't be happening. And, and with tech, it won't. When you say we need to do those things, how long might that take, even assuming that there's a commitment to do it? What are we looking at in terms of a timetable for providing that underlying infrastructure? Everything with governments at that level would take a while. It's They've been talking about it for a while, so we'll start to see things in action. But it's not something that we could expect to happen overnight. And security, you alluded to that as an issue in Mexico now. Going forward, you believe that's a challenge still to be addressed? And if so, how and, and, and when? And can we get to a point where security is no longer a major concern in the uh, transportation of goods to and from these factories? It is addressable and it is fixable. You have cargo theft everywhere, right? Asia, air, ocean, rail. Out of Mexico, it seems to garner a little bit more attention. But I think what from what we could see, if you have insurance companies coming in now, which we're seeing a lot of both startups and both premier established insurance companies coming in and offering cargo insurance out of Mexico, that they must see a solution, right? They're not just going to be giving away their money uh, for free. So I do believe it's fixable. I think there's things that are coming in that should also be able to help it. Like, for example, the Complemento Carta Porte, which is a billing supplement out of Mexico, just have more eyes on or more paperwork and more rigor around the pickup and, and drop off of these containers and knowing what's in these containers or these trailers, excuse me, getting them to the border without any issue. Here in the U.S., we see so many headlines about Mexican drug violence, drug gangs, and the like. Is that overblown, or is that actually something that manufacturers need to take into account as to where deciding where to site their stuff and when and, and how to do it? Like anywhere in the world, there are areas that are not safe and areas that are safe. I do think I've been to Mexico a number of times now, and I've never was concerned with my safety or never saw an issue there. So manufacturers should definitely assess the risk there, but I personally haven't seen anything concerning. There's going to have to be a lot more cross-border activity once these new factories or expanded factories get up and running. You already mentioned that there are customs issues, both the Mexican customs and U.S. customs. What has to be addressed there, whether in terms of bureaucracy, business process, technology, automation? Do we need to look at the customs issue in order to make this viable as well? Specifically in regards to wait times at the bridges. Is that the big issue then? One of the main issues it, to me is, is crossing times at the border. It varies based on congestion, based on direction, based on time of the year. Inspections can obviously lead to increased wait times. But there are things shippers and consignees can do to be more proactive to really reduce those times at the border. One of the big reasons why we see issues and delays at the border is paperwork, right? It's as simple as that. So mm -hmm. ensuring your broker on both sides of the border have the right paperwork prior to the freight getting to the border would probably alleviate 
so much of the time at the border. It's incredible. Ensure your carriers have the documentation they need to cross. And my recommendation to shippers and importers alike is have strong SOPs and escalation paths with all your logistics providers, right? When you have a cross-border shipment, Bob, no matter what direction you're going in, there could be like nine or 10 parties involved. You have a shipper and a consignee, you have carriers on both sides, you have brokers on both sides, you potentially have warehouses on both sides, you have a transfer agent taking the trailer across. So to ensure that they are all very much aligned is so important. And brokers are still necessary on both sides, right? Do you need the domestic expertise of each party on either side of the border? Well, U.S. brokerage and Mexican brokerage is very different. On the U.S. brokerage, on the U.S. side, at the end of the day, the importer of record is responsible. So the broker acts with reasonable supervision, due diligence, and, and files the entry based on the paperwork, based on what the shipper and consignee say. But at the end of the day, the importer of record is responsible. Now, on the Mexican mm-hmm. side, that, that changes a bit, where the broker is responsible. So what you're seeing specifically on southbound shipments or prior to import into Mexico, no matter where it's coming from, is the Mexican broker will usually have a facility, a warehouse, their own facility or an outsourced warehouse, and they will physically examine the freight, open up boxes, check it against the manifest to ensure what is in the trailer is actually on the invoice and their entries are perfect. That obviously creates additional costs, it creates bottlenecks, it creates delays, but it's a very different way of doing business than we might be used to in the United States. You don't want that to be happening too often, do you? That would be a major delay. I hear you repeatedly using the word paperwork. I wonder if you're using that in a literal or figurative sense. In other words, are we still talking about a lot of actual paper, or has this been automated to the point where this is all happening electronically on both sides of the border? Enterprise-level importers and exporters usually have really strong integrations with their brokers and carriers. But when you start going down to small and medium businesses, You're tending to see paperwork, you're emailing. And because, again, with all of these different parties involved, a lot of the software they're using is proprietary. So the systems are just not talking to each other and it creates emails and attachments. And you know what I mean? It's just it Mm -hmm. delays it. So, Jay, you sound quite bullish to me. I mean, you've been very frank about some of the drawbacks and obstacles to be encountered in uh, increasing production in Mexico. But on balance, it sounds like you're quite positive about the prospect of Mexico as an alternative source of manufacturing. Is that for U.S. Uh, businesses? Is that not the case? Oh, absolutely. Just from a, a culture standpoint, too, right? The, t- the shared time zone. I remember prior to primarily working out of Mexico, I was dealing with Asia exporters that would take a day or two to respond only because of the time zone difference. And out of Mexico right now, especially at the border, on both sides of the border, you're seeing bilingual operators, logistics professionals that are speaking both in Spanish and English. You're seeing platforms now that are both Spanish and English. The communication is just getting more agile and faster as well, in addition to all the positives I said before. So yeah, a very bullish on Mexico. Jay Gerard of Nuvo Cargo, I want to thank you so much for spending time talking to me about the prospects of Mexico as an alternative source of manufacturing for nearshoring for U.S. companies. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. That was my conversation with Jay Gerard of Nuvo Cargo talking about the prospects for nearshoring manufacturing in Mexico. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain, and also watch videos on our YouTube channel. 
can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time.